Hello, hello, hello. This is Monica, and this is Remembering the Misremembered. The Lynch family became synonymous with not only wealth and luxury, but heartache and tragedy as they became victims of mental illness, several suicides, and deaths that were downright untimely. Some believe that there was a Lynch family curse. The family mansion, which currently operates as a restaurant and inn, shows signs of being haunted, with doors that open and close on their own, and candles that light and blow themselves out. Apparitions of a man in black have been spotted, and those who visit feel cold spots and a disturbingly heavy energy. The road to the Lemp family's successes lead back to German immigrant Johann Adam Lemp. He was born on May 20, 1793 in Germany. He was known as Adam. Adam was married to a woman named Anna Elizabeth Claremont, with whom he had a daughter named Jeanette Katharina. Anna Elizabeth died at the age of 40. Adam married his second wife, Justina Anna Charlotte Baum, either four months after his first wife's death or a year and four months after. Record keeping from the time period is unreliable, but they would go on to have two sons, Willem, born on May 24, 1834, and Jacob, born on February 21, 1836. Willem died at the age of four. Jacob was given the anglicized version of his brother's name, William, and became known as William Jacob Limp. Adam was an entrepreneur in Germany and had begun brewing beer between 1832 and 1834, and he started uh, operating a restaurant around this time, too. Adam is reported to have abandoned his wife and son, leaving behind a mountain of dead. Other reports claim that his wife Justina left him. Whatever the case, Justina still owned an interest in one of his businesses. Adam arrived in the United States around 1836, settled in St. Louis around 1838, and became a naturalized citizen around 1841. There are questions about all these years, although it is pretty well established that he had an address between 1840 and 1841, which was the family grocery store that he'd opened, which was called A. Limp and Company. It was situated on the corner of 6th and Morgan, now Delmar in St. Louis. There are unverified claims that he was staying in Cincinnati before settling in St. Louis. Adam and Justina did get divorced, and she ended up remarrying another brewer. Adam would eventually marry for the third time to a woman named Louise, and the marriage lasted for the rest of his life. A. Limp and Company sold groceries, household items, vinegar, and beer. By 1840, Limp was manufacturing and selling German beer brewed in his basement, although he would eventually use a South St. Louis limestone cave to store his lagers because it provided natural refrigeration. The recipe of this drink was passed down to Adam from his father and became quite a sensation, particularly among St. Louis's growing German population. Taking his attention away from his store, he would start Western Brewery, which operated as a brewery and saloon. The light gold-colored drink was sold worldwide and actually took the country by storm because people were used to English ales and not German lagers. By 1862, the Western Brewery was the most successful brewery in Missouri, and on August 23rd of that year, 64-year-old Adam Lemp died of cirrhosis of the liver with the knowledge that he had created an empire from the ground up. He died a millionaire, and his elaborate funeral reflected that fact. 
the business was taken over by his son, William J. Limp Sr., who bought up what became known as the Limp Brewery Complex, which covered five city blocks. William Sr. purchased a 33-room mansion that had belonged to his father-in-law. It was renovated, and William Sr. moved into it in 1876 with his family, wife Julia and their eight children, Anna, Billy, Louis, Charles, Frederick, Hilda, Edwin, and Elsa. It served as both a home and an office space. The mansion had all the amenities. It was a Victorian show place, and it featured an intricate tunnel extending from the basement to a cave and to the brewery. Cave space was freed up when modern refrigeration became available. Later, an auditorium, theater, swimming pool, and bowling alley were added. 1876 was also the year that Anheuser-Busch introduced Budweiser, giving the Limp some healthy competition. In fact, in the 1880s, Anheuser-Busch outsold Limp in total sales. Limp's Falstaff brand outsold Budweiser, at least in the St. Louis area at this time. Falstaff was named for Sir John Falstaff, a character that was featured in three Shakespearean plays. It was in the year 1901 that the first in a string of family tragedies took place with the sudden death of William Sr.'s son, brewery superintendent Frederick, of suspected heart failure, although the cause is disputed as possibly something more sinister. He was only 28 years old, and although he had always been sickly, his death was unexpected. He was William Sr.'s favorite child and was expected to one day take over the business for William Sr. It was quite a blow. William Sr. had lost a newborn daughter the same year that he lost his father, Adam, but Frederick's untimely demise caused William Sr. to withdraw from public life. The 1904 death of his best friend Frederick Pabst of the Pabst Brewing family sent him completely over the edge. He could not go on. On the morning of February 13, 1904, a loud popping sound was heard coming from the home office of William Limp Sr. His sons broke down the door to the locked bedroom on the second floor of the Limp Mansion and discovered their 68-year-old father, William Limp Sr., dead from a self-inflicted gunshot to his right temple. A 38 caliber Smith & Wesson was at his side. This started the tragic family tradition of limps taking their own lives, although limp family members died in other tragic ways. William Sr.'s daughter, Hilda, married Gustav Pabst. His son, William Jr., known as Billy, turned the mansion into the William J. Limp Brewing Company headquarters upon taking over the company following his father's death. Billy was married to a woman named Lillian Hanlon, whose family had a railroad supply empire. The couple had one son together named William III. Lillian would be known for her love of the color lavender. It was the only color that she ever wore, and her horse's harness was lavender too. They lived lavishly. Initially, Billy was proud to have the beautiful Lillian on his arm as his trophy wife, but he grew tired of her, giving her an allowance of $1,000 a day to go shopping, which was a lot of money in those days. He insisted that she spend the money, he gave her, or she would get no more from him. She endured an unhappy marriage to Billy, who constantly disgraced her with his carousing and cavorting with ladies of the evening. 
Billy was a spoiled little rich boy who did whatever he wanted without any concerns for the consequences. Their 1909 divorce was acrimonious and Lillian nearly lost custody of William III when she was seen smoking in public. It was hugely scandalous, covered by all the St. Louis newspapers and included allegations of atheism, cruelty, drunkenness, and violence. Lillian retained custody of William III but faded from public life. The only time the Lavender Lady was seen publicly wearing something that wasn't lavender was on the last day of divorce proceedings. On that day, she wore black. There's even a widespread belief that Billy fathered a disabled boy outside his marriage with either a prostitute or a member of the household staff who was locked away in the Limp Mansion attic. He has cruelly been called the monkey-faced boy because he had Down syndrome. It's believed that the boy, posthumously known as Zeke, was locked away in the attic near the servants' quarters for the rest of his life to protect the family from shame. In later years, family members would deny the existence of the child, but the Limp Mansion is a house of ghosts that tells a different story, plus a chauffeur and a nanny confirmed Zeke's existence. The Limp family fortunes began to fall when nine St. Louis breweries came together to form the Independent Breweries Company, which prevented the Limps from monopolizing the way they once had. In 1915, Billy married his second wife, Ellie, who came from another prominent brewing family. They spent a lot of time at their country home on the Merrimack River. Billy's mother, Julia, died of cancer in 1916. In 1919, Prohibition came along. At first, Billy thought that Congress would repel the prohibition laws. When that didn't happen, he closed down the limp plant. He didn't notify employees. They found out that they had no longer had jobs when they got to work the next day to find the doors and gates locked. Another suicide rocked the family on March 20, 1920. This time, Elsa Limp Wright was dead. She was the daughter of William Sr., sister of Billy, and wife of Thomas Wright. She had just been remarried to her ex-husband for 12 days, was battling depression, and had acute indigestion. Elsa, who was 37 and the wealthiest heiress in St. Louis, did not die in the Limp Mansion, and there are rumors that her husband Thomas might have murdered her or had something to do with her death. However, the official cause of death was a self-inflicted gunshot to the heart. Upon hearing about his sister's death, Billy reportedly said, This is the Limp family for you. Billy sold the Limp's Falstaff logo, and the brewery, estimated to be worth $7 million, was sold at auction to the International Shoe Company for a comparatively measly $588,500. Depressed and demoralized, he started exhibiting erratic behavior, just as his father had in his last days and he was in less than good health. On December 29, 1922, Billy took a 38 caliber revolver and shot himself in the heart in the mansion's main level, which served as his office. He was 55 years old. He was placed in a family mausoleum above his sister Elsa at Bell Fountain Cemetery. Billy's brothers Charles and Edwin were not interested in the family business any longer. Edwin lived a life of seclusion, and Charles became increasingly eccentric, developing an irrational fear of germs. He wore gloves all the time, removing them only so he could wash his hands. Tragedy struck the family once more in 1943 with the death from a heart attack of 42-year-old William III. 
There was a family member who died in his 30s. The young man cruelly nicknamed Monkey Face Boy, a.k.a. Zeke. Zeke was placed in the limp cemetery plot with a small flat marker marked simply limp. Not long after that death, Charles Limp went on to shoot his Doberman Pinscher in the mansion's basement before walking up to the second floor where he turned the gun on himself. Charles still had the 38 caliber Army Colt revolver in his hand when his body was discovered on May 10, 1949 by household staff. He was 77 years old. The Doberman was discovered halfway up the basement stairs. Lillian Hanlon Limp died in 1960 and Edwin Limp died in 1970 at the age of 90 of natural causes. The family line died with Edwin who requested upon his death that all the family artifacts, documents, and paintings be burned, destroying much of the family history. The mansion was turned into a boarding house after Charles Limp died. That's when people first started reporting hearing footsteps, phantom barks, and ghostly knocks coming from the dilapidated building. In 1975, the Pointer family purchased the Limp Mansion. It was given new life, renovated, and turned into an inn and restaurant. Even with new life, the old residents refused to move on. Apparitions appeared and vanished quickly. The feeling of being watched by unwelcome eyes was prevalent and unexplained noises and voices were reported by members of the staff. Many of these staff members were so freaked out by the apparent ghostly goings-on that they left never to return. A bar piano playing on its own, glasses lifting themselves off the bar, doors locking and unlocking, and lights going off and on independently have also been reported. The stairway, attic, and basement seem to have the most activity. In fact, the basement has been nicknamed the Gates of Hell. Paranormal investigators have referred to the Limp Mansion as one of the most haunted sites in the United States. You may see Zeke on the third floor. People who are touched by his childlike essence are known to leave him toys. Some visitors to the mansion say that he expresses deep fear and a desire to be with his mommy. Women have reported a male apparition watching them in the women's restroom where Billy spent a lot of time when he was alive. This restroom has a freestanding shower. Billy was known as quite the womanizer when he was alive, so he might still be up to his old tricks. In the area where William Limp Sr. died, sometimes there are kicking sounds coming from a door, and the sound of horses' hooves can be heard too. Billy is reported to have kicked the door after his father shot himself, and horses were kept in an area that is now a parking lot. And there are sightings of the Lavender Lady. Odd, since Lillian Hanlon Limp never lived in the mansion, although she might have visited. She certainly visits it now. But the Limp Mansion is a popular tourist attraction that ghost hunters in particular enjoy visiting. It's located at 3322 Domino Place on the south side of St. Louis. The truly adventurous among you might want to request a stay in the room where William Limp Sr. killed himself. This is the end of the story. I don't know why the limps were killing themselves and all of that. I guess they were depressed people. Um, anybody that's thinking about killing themselves needs to reach out for help. There is help available. Just look around for it. But anyway, my name is Monica. 
This is Remembering the Misremembered. And I hope to see you soon. I hope you enjoyed this story about the Limp family. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.